0: Hello and welcome to Desert Isolation Discs. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Alex Lawson. I've got a fantastic guest for you today. Really excited to play her favourite tunes. Uh, she's a South African but she's an East Londoner these days. It's Ruth Barnes. Uh, she's worked in pretty much every prestigious media outlet you can think of, from Six Music to The Guardian, as uh, the World Service and The Economist. Uh, She's produced loads of great documentaries. Uh, She's produced a couple for Radio 4, which are so good. Uh, And she's even been described by my paper, The Independent, and rightly so, as a pop pioneer who knows what women want. Her show on amazing radio has uncovered and celebrated some of the best female artists that are out there. And through that, and working on various initiatives, including the Sound Women podcast, she's helped further the cause of women making their way in the radio industry. She's really a person to admire. Uh, Anyway, I'll stop rabbiting on, as it's Ruth you want to hear from. Uh, Thanks for joining me. I'm genuinely keen to interview listeners to the show uh, and even for you to interview each other. Uh, So uh, do contact me. Uh, My Twitter handle is at MrAlexLawson or head over to the Desert Isolation Discs blog uh, and do subscribe to the podcast. It does really help. Um, Thanks for listening. It's absolutely fantastic to invite you onto the podcast and to to be able to host you sitting in a pub in Clapton, which is a fantastic place to record. And uh, Rosie's joining us as well, a special guest
1: yeah, A special guest is the seven-month-old baby um, mm-hmm. And as a new mother, I spend all my time in this pub. So, you know, welcome to my second home, Alex, <laughs> basically <It's a> Pleasure,
0: <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for the invite And uh, we were just talking about what you played to Rosie What's her favourite at the moment?
1: Well, I she's listening a lot to Julia Holter's new album, mm-hmm. which is great But I'm, I'm going through a phase of playing her a classic album a day Because I think it's important to give her, you know, an excellent grounding in music So she's had a lot of Queen, with John <laughs> Um, a lot of uh, Bowie went through a big Bowie mm-hmm, phase naturally. She, she freaked out well I had this onesie that was covered in triangles and I was like "That is a Bowie onesie if I ever saw her. <laughs> so I had to kind of soundtrack it you know find the soundtrack for onesie but um, yeah she's good so hopefully she will shut up because I've jammed a massive rice cake in. <laughs> so uh, yeah she won't be too vocal
0: <laughs> I love that I love that I don't know what she'll probably turn out either a teenager who's obsessed with music or completely rebelling oh, yeah. and you know yeah. Just like pop or something. Absolutely. She'll
1: be a massive One Direction fan.
0: (laughs) So how does her uh, taste compare to to yours then, Ruth? What's the first track you've got for us today?
1: I'm going to be playing you um, Judy Sill, the donor. Um, and Judy Sill is someone I'm playing because she was a bit of a breakthrough for me in terms of um, my radio career, really. She's someone I discovered in rough trade about ten years ago. By just, it was one of those CDs that had a sticker on it saying, "If you like Joni Mitchell, if you Mm. like, you know, the California Set, Mm. you'll love this." And I thought, I've never heard of this woman. Who is she? She looked mad on the cover. She looked crazy, kind of really gothic and a bit weird. Um, And I fell in love with her straight away. And I made my first radio four documentary about her. Mm. And I am obsessed with her. She's amazing. And I think this track. If people are Judy Sill fans, they know Jesus was a crossmaker, mm. which is beautiful um, and just this fantastic big gospel tune. Um, but actually, this tune, the Donor, I think, really reflects her music um, in the purest form. Mm. She always said that she had baroque influences and, and uh, all sorts and the sort of chamber choir element of it, the orchestral element of it, and she did all her own, um, you know, scores and all those kind of things. Mm. So, um, yeah, and just an extraordinary woman and with a very sad life. Yeah, Lots absolutely. of drugs, um, early death, and kind of forgotten, really.
0: I mean, do you think that adds to the to the mystique of her? Um... Absolutely,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Um, her story was just something that I... I was bowled over by. So Mm. if you're interested in the story, you can uh, look up Judy Sills' documentary on the Radio 4 website and you can listen to it. But it is amazing. She is an extraordinary character.
0: How do you approach doing a documentary about someone like that? Do you feel very personally passionate
1: Yeah, well, I was very lucky in that we made a very personal programme, which Mm. is good. Um, They wanted it to be sort of like my journey and my discovery of her because she was so still remains really unknown I mean she gets the odd specialist play on like Gideon Coe's show and yes. music you know maybe Mark Riley. but um, she's she's just one of those kind of great lost geniuses and I think it really taps into my kind of bugbear about women getting written out of kind of rock history and, mm. and music history and she's someone who should have been really up there you know mm. and actually lots of geniuses cite her as an influence you know they love her yeah. um, and uh, I think that's I think that's really important. So, yeah, I, it was just this kind of wonderful journey. We sort of, un, we unraveled her story, which was this crazy story of prostitution and drugs and addiction mm. and religion and, you know, kind of obsession and and a brush with fame that ended in disaster and and ultimately... Well, some people think she committed suicide, other people think she didn't. So, yes. you know, it was an overdose, whatever you want to take from it. But she died young and, yeah, tragic. So, yeah. But, there, but she left behind some extraordinary music.
0: Well, and, and this track and, and documentary are well worth a listen. So Absolutely, thanks, Alex. That. So. <laughs> 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 So can you tell us a little bit about uh, your career? (laughs) It's uh, varied, I mean you've done obviously uh, your radio show, on Amazing Radio, you've had uh, lots of voiceover work, you've done documentaries, and you've done lots of work for The Guardian, The Economist, you know, such a broad spectrum of things. I mean, uh, for for those sort of starting out in the the radio industry, is there's quite a lot to admire in what you've done.
1: Oh, thank you, Alice. Well, definitely.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, you've kind of covered it, really. I suppose I spent many years as a reporter for the BBC, mm. so I was an arts reporter for, for BBC Radio, which meant I got to interview a lot of different people, which gives you the best experience ever, you know, interviewing people from, like, Alice Cooper to, you know, what was that crap... Really moody Scottish indie band, Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was kind of the spectrum. Alex. Uh, yes. So uh, there you go. Are you, are you thro-
0: <laughs> were you thrown onto these kind of things? Or did you? Did you have time to? No research a lot of the on.
1: time, I couldn't be bothered to research, because when you've been doing it for that long, Alex, you literally yeah. just like run a very lazy eye down a Wikipedia page and then go, so guys, how's the tour? Yeah. It's basically what's going on at that moment. <laughs> they tell you really shit-boring stories about their tour, and it's all really hilarious and lols, and you're just there, like, sneezing yeah. um, as your arm goes dead on the microphone. But,
0: um, I mean, who were the people who really made an impression you know, in, in yeah,
1: weirdly, like it's funny in my years doing that sort of thing. The biggest names were the nicest people. Mm. You know, like I, I interview. Brit Eklund once um, at the Edinburgh Film Festival for Radio Two and mm. she was just amazing. I mean I needed about I needed like a sound bite. Obviously yeah. I didn't go into the interview going like, listen, Brit just need thirty <laughs> seconds. But um
0: yeah.
1: we ended up talking for about twenty minutes and she was just so sweet and open and, and mm. professional and great and Alice Cooper, I mentioned another one who just was so happy to talk about his you know leaving booze behind for golf you yeah. know that kind of thing <laughs> and his revelation uh, that I hope you interviewed on the, him on a golf course oh I wish I wish if only if only yeah you're right that should have been in situ but um, mm. putting together but uh, yeah so I think years of doing that was was a lot of fun um, and then the BBC Cuts mm-hmm. came along and unfortunately I'd been freelancing at mainly Six Music and Radio 2 for a long time and they just were, they basically said sorry you know no more money thanks for everything no. mm see you later um, so then things just got really varied yeah like you mentioned voiceover stuff um, doing my own projects with the other woman my radio show uh, which is an all female new music playlist um, Radio 4 documentaries which I'm really enjoying mm. um, but I'm keen to get back to speech radio because I actually used to do a lot of speech radio in mm. my early days yes. I did an overnight show on BBC London for many years mm-hmm. um, talking crap to all the crazies who used to bring us <laughs> up um,
0: and, uh, so, yeah,
1: I'm looking to do more kind of discussion stuff. So there's a few things in the pipeline, but, yeah, we'll see uh, what happens. And this
0: is probably not a very fair question to ask you when you're being interviewed, but w- what do you think are the actual, the characteristics of, of your voice that <laughs> m- make mean that you're, you're good at this kind of thing? Uh, do you think there's other things that you try and do with it or, or are you conscious of I mean are, are you more the, the uh, sort of chirpy Alan Partridge <laughs> end of the scale or are you a, a laxatasical um, carriage Matthews definitely, <laughs> more <relaxed. laughs> definitely
1: more relaxed definitely more relaxed it's weird you know because it's cheesy people always go you know just be yourself when you're on the radio but um, I think that's kind of bullshit no one's themselves you know everyone has mm. their personality and that's the good people switch that on I think mm. so you figure out who you are and then you press go and you can just switch that personality on. And it's very much part of you. But it's, yeah. also, it's also, you know, a, 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 something that's easy to slip on. Yes. So if you're in a shit mood, you can just be like, hey, I'm here again. <laughs> Hi, everybody. You know what I mean? It's Love not that you're not reflecting
0: you can hide how in you that. feel. <laughs> and I think a lot of
1: the pros do that. You know, the Karis Matthews, mm. the Gideon Coes, people I really admire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They do that, you know, and I used to work on their shows as a gimp many years ago, printing out text messages and making tea and stuff. Mm. And I saw them at work and they would do that, you know, someone like Gideon would arrive in a foul mood and then the mic would go up and he would do the most (laughs) charming, wonderful opening to his show that was really wry and just that little bit warm and humorous and then play a fantastic (laughs) song and I'd just be there going, damn, you're so good.
0: Uh, So what's your next piece of music?
1: Right, so we're going to hear Cat Stevens, Father and Son. Mm. Um because my I grew up in South Africa. I spent many years there as a teenager. Um, and my, my mother was a massive Cat Stevens fan, so it was always on the record player. Um, and she passed away out there, so I have very, very emotional and fond memories of yeah. listening to Cat Stevens, and I just think he's genius. Um, this song in particular, Father and Son, is just beautiful, and my dad... Would always say that you know this is how what he would say to me as his daughter. My dad and I are very close. Yes, he's kind of like my best mate. So um, yeah, very emotional track, which I thought I'd go for next. But also just what a voice, you know, yeah. what a songwriter, just okay. pure classic, beautiful songwriting at yeah. its best. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, yeah, the, the lyrics just get me every time.
0: It's not time to make a change. Just sit down.
1: It's harder
0: to ignore it if they were
1: right i'd agree but it's them they know not me now there's a way and i know that i
0: have to go away i know i have to go that was the wonderful cat, Stephen. So, can you tell me? So you were saying you grew up in South Africa and then you came to the UK. How did the two compare? Geez, I mean,
1: everyone always mentions the weather, and mm. yeah, that's,
0: you
1: know, that's a big part of it. Going mm. from like beautiful sunshine to to this crap, but you know. I was there in the 90s, which was an incredible time to be in South Africa, a lot of political mm. change and a very positive time to be there. Mm. But all I wanted was, I was just obsessed with, like, Damon Orban and Supergrass, and I just yeah. wanted to be in London. <laughs> so I had to fulfil my dream of coming to London, which I did, and my family eventually moved back to the UK anyway. Um, and yeah, I've just been in London for the last 15 years and I love it, it's where it's at, right? I mean, yeah. anyone, who's, anyone who's listening, if you are listening and you grew up anywhere else in the world you will know what I mean yes. when I say London is where it's at in terms of culture and just the action yes. and also I love that London is so, you can be anonymous in London mm. you know, in somewhere like Cape Town where I was living you literally were two degrees away from someone you knew there mm. was just no, mm. no privacy
0: were people in bands there? I mean, were you were obsessed with bands. yeah, band? but they
1: were all crap. <laughs> no, that's awful. They weren't, crap. they weren't crap. They were just kind of that typical sort of, like, very sort of rocky, yeah. you know, with a couple of brass instruments thrown in, mm. you know, and I was listening to, like, The Great Escape and stuff and just yeah. going, like, this is amazing, this is, <laughs> this is what I want, you know, or, like yeah when I moved to London the first band I went to go and see with the Strokes and just blew my mind and you know so yeah it's just a whole other level of culture and stuff but I still have very dear friends there and I Mm. do visit and I love Mm -hmm. it stuff and I will take Roisin there very soon um So, yeah, it still holds a very special place in my heart, but London is London's awesome. And yeah. I've been, you know, I met my husband in London, I got married in London, I've now had a baby in London, mm. so it feels very much like home.
0: So you live here in East London. How, what's it like? We were just talking about bringing up a, a baby in East London. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> is that a good experience, I mean, presumably? Yeah, it's hard it's to good. compare. It's
1: good. I, you know, there's you're never far away from someone else with a baby mm. so you can hear in the background there's another baby in this pub yes. if you weren't here Alex I'd gotcha. probably be over there going hiya what's going on <laughs> oh, yours yeah cool right yeah um, and I love that it, it feels like you know it, I guess in the old days your family was your community and we don't mm. have that so your community mm. are the people you meet and yeah. I've met some great people and we hang out and yeah. drink Guinness on a Tuesday in the afternoon whilst Can't looking complain. after small children. <laughs> <laughs> <And> nobody knows. <laughs> um, so yes, it's it's going very well. Thank you for asking.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, what's your next piece of music? Um, <laughs> what do you want to say, Richard?
1: Nina Nastasia. Um, you can take your time. Which is she was the first ever post on the Other Woman blog. Mm. Uh, because I think Nina is just one of the most extraordinary songwriters of our generation. Mm. Um, she's American, if you don't know her, she lives in New York. She writes the most incredible music. She's someone who people are like mad fans of, but she's never broken through, mm. really, you know. And yet her music sometimes turns up on like Nissan ads, yes. you know, and you just think, yay, Nina's made some money, woo! Um, so. Yeah. Which is a
0: nice attitude actually because a lot of fans will tell you you've you sold out yeah, whatever actually it It's
1: great you, know, you, look, know. you can support yourself oh, make more money Amazing, yeah And I think <laughs>
0: people put perhaps they understand more that it's not easy to be an artist in 2015 and make any money no. so if you can carry on making it rather than taking a job in something you hate then exactly. so be it Exactly, you know.
1: exactly and um she just is someone who, who trucks along and just puts out the most extraordinary music. And I had the good fortune of having her in session on my show when it used to be on Resonance FM, on mm. um, great London community art station. And she came on and played some acoustic songs, and it was just so beautiful. And this is one of my favourites. You can take your time. It's just stunning. It makes me want to cry every time yeah, I can yeah. hear it. <laughs> it just it sounds so sad and heartfelt, and yet there's a bit of a on a positive note in there somewhere I think unless I'm reading it all wrong Oh
0: well, We need um, to be careful otherwise you'll be in tears all the way through I know, this I list know, I know, <laughs> it's very
1: emotional um, Right, so yes Nina, someone who if you haven't heard just go and listen to Dog's Life on Spotify it's mm. wonderful
0: Look around you got a good thing You don't ever have to make the mind you got a little room to spread
1: out and a table for some company
0: You mentioned The Other Woman, and you've also contributed to the Sound Women podcast. Um, do you, how do you think uh, women are sort of progressing in radio, or, or do you think that uh, the causes that you're hoping to uh, improve are, are improving, or, you know?
1: Good question, Alex. I think they are... Improving slowly but surely. I think even just the fact that Sound Women's creating awareness of the mm. fact that there is a problem. Yeah. And there has always been a problem. Mainstream radio doesn't like women on air for some reason. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Which is astonishing,
0: isn't it? You, you yeah. actually did some, some research, didn't you? That's right. Sound was...
1: Women did a load of research. Mm. The, the facts and figures are crazy. Like one in five voices on the radio are a solo woman mm. and you, you'll never find two women hosting a show together yeah i think there's one on five live actually they've actually done that so well done five live um mm. but you know then you've got stations like radio x launching and, and their pr line was like yeah for men yeah because that's Moyles really what the market say, needs like, yeah exactly <laughs> and chris Moyles was like really oh shit you could just imagine when that pr press release went out he probably thought really guys oh come on mm. Talk about alienating a whole potential audience. Absolutely. Um, so I think it just... The, the industry's weird, isn't it? It is weird. I think things are... There are a lot of great female presenters out there at the moment, which is great, in news and in, in music. But I feel like w- once a station has found their one, mm. then they go, OK, we've done our bit. So, yeah. you know, the one northern woman or you know, on, ma- yeah. on daytime six music mm. is Lauren Laverne, so that's that ticked, you know? Yeah and then that's it and I guess you know you've got Marianne Hobbs on the weekend mm. doing the breakfast show but you know there's plenty of guys from the north all over the six <laughs> schedule you know as much as you know people love them that's great but it's just about it's just about thinking a bit more outside the box you know there's a lot of box ticking when it comes to women on the radio and it's not even just women it's colour it's class it's mm. everything you know radio is still very white, and it's still very male, and it's still very straight, you know, um, and that does my head in. So the one corner I can fight is for women, but there are other people who need to, who are fighting other corners, you know, ethnic diversity, um, LGBTQ, etc. So there's a lot of work to be done, yes. but it does feel like people are at least more aware and people are talking about it, so mm. that's good.
0: And so so do you think that uh, if, if you can affect some change in radio, that that is... Uh, sort of progressing feminism yes. as a whole, you know, that's the area that you can affect. So it's, it's
1: yeah, it's my little thing, but I guess as a feminist and someone who's kind of grown into my role as a feminist with the Other Woman, because mm. when I started the Other Woman, I just thought it was kind of <laughs> quite a nice book for a show, yeah. just to have an all-female <laughs> playlist. Um, but that was ten years ago, and in those ten years, I've seen how important how important the show has been for artists how much they love it and you know they appreciate my support and that's made me think oh actually there is a bit of a problem here there's a bit of an issue okay (laughs) you know and I was also a bit fed up of the playlists I was listening to and Mm. I was at the time working at places like Radio 1 and places like that and so I was a bit like come on Mm. same kind of voice I was hearing over and over again Mm. and I wanted to hear I knew there was a greater selection and a broader you know breadth of voice that I wanted to hear um So, yeah, I guess I'm doing my little thing. But, I mean, I suppose I'm now someone who's called on to talk about women in music a lot. Which I'm very happy to do and talk about just the wider issue of being a female artist in the industry because I've spent the last 10 years talking to them. Mm. Um, And I think that is getting kind of better in that there are more women being more outspoken about what it's like to be a Mm. a female artist in the industry. But whether the industry is listening and kind of taking note Mm. is another... Other yeah. thing. I don't know. I think certain bits of it are the independent sector certainly has and is great, yes. but I think you know there's still work to be done.
0: Still a way to go. Uh, so what's the next song that you've got?
1: So next is um, Sharon Van Etten, who's a fantastic artist from Brooklyn. Don't play with the tinfoil. That's not good for radio. He's <laughs> um, a great. Uh, <laughs> there's an experience. Professional. <laughs> there you go. Um, she is someone who's from uh, New Jersey, and she is a super artist, she kind of plays moody wonderful guitar rock as you're going to hear I'm a big fan of the first kind of mainstream release she had which was called Epic um, which she released on a little indie called Bada Bing Records which I love because it's really gangster, Bada Bing you know it sounds really (laughs) hilarious but um She's now signed to um, Secretly Canadian and she's doing brilliantly so we're very happy for her but this song is one of my favourites of hers and she was another early interviewee on The Other Woman and Mm. she's just a lovely person as well and this is called Love More.
0: Do what she said The what she said left down Over into the sky Where I'll soon fly And she took The time to believe in, to believe in what she said. She made me love, she made me love. Um, you were thinking about working, perhaps potentially, more in speech radio. What, what do you like about that as a medium?
1: I just think it's really powerful, isn't it? It's it's a very honest medium: audio, podcasting, mm. and uh, and radio. In that, you know, people are far more honest when there isn't a camera in their face. I think, mm. um, yeah, and it's it's free. It's a wonderful thing to to be able to do, you know, communicate with people on that level. So I'm, I'm hoping to do more mm. kind of discussion-based stuff around the issues that are important to me, you know, music, women, yeah. chicks, chicks and music, <laughs> um, and uh, food, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe cycling, let's we'll see, maybe babies, who knows. Um, so yeah, there's, yeah, I just, I think it's a privilege to be able to do that, mm. you know, it's a special <laughs> thing because on, yeah, like I said, it's very different from TV,
0: how has the industry changed in the time that you've worked in it? Obviously, the technology has changed hugely.
1: Yes, the technology has changed. I think podcasting is definitely becoming um, becoming like a problem for radio. I think. <laughs> oh, um, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, Alex, you guys. Um, just because in in a good way I think that Radio needs to up its game I think there are a lot of great podcasts out there especially coming from America and I know that in America you can actually make money as a podcaster bizarrely Um, and it's just a matter of time hopefully before that translates over here and I think there's so much creative freedom and it's radio needs to up its game. I think there's been a real fear in radio over the last ten years of moving away from anything specialist, moving away from anything too niche. And that's where podcasts have picked up Slack and they've done some really great things. Yes. One of my favourite podcasts is called Project Moonbase, and you know, it's two totally geeky guys like playing fantastic old, you know, spaced-out records, and yeah. it's great. And you know, in the in years gone by, you would probably have thought, well, they should be on Six Music or somewhere, but they're yes. they're too niche, you know, they're too specialist. So I think it's exciting that there's a kind of new format out there, which has given people a chance to challenge the status quo. You yes. know, it's given people a chance. When they get their pitch turned down by the BBC, mm. they can go, well, screw you, I'm going to do it myself.
0: <laughs> and can you give us an insight on the other side of uh, what you do, the, the voiceover oh, yeah. stuff? <laughs> you know, it's always an industry that fascinates people. Uh, what's it like to actually yeah. do it?
1: It's kind of ridiculous. If anyone wants to know, you should watch Toast on Channel 4 yes. um, with Matt Berry. Yes. It's, it, there's always a sketch about him doing voiceovers at the beginning and it's a li- it's really true. (laughs) There's always some stupid young producer at some studio in Soho, like, patronising you. Um, But no, I do a lot of different voiceover (laughs) stuff. Um... And it's good. What do you they know? say? Just
0: you know, can you can you give yeah. us more of that or what is well, it? Well,
1: usually they book you for way too long and then you do the voiceover in five minutes. Yeah. But they've booked you for an hour and a half. So they just make you do it again and again and again. <laughs> and they use the first take every time. But you know, you're just a puppet, so you just you just do what they want they want and it's fine every time. But no, I I do enjoy it because I never thought I'd do it. And mm. it just feels like I don't know, it's like a an art form in itself mm-hmm. you know but kind of yeah. performing with your voice so I do I do enjoy <laughs> it uh,
0: So what's your penultimate choice
1: That's a good question Alex Oh yes it's Phoenix Too Young I love this band they're a French band of course massive now aren't they Phoenix they've bloody won Grammys and stuff one of um the earliest gigs that my now husband Jason and I went to go and see together was at the Metro when it still existed on Oxford Street we went Mm. to see Phoenix and we stood in the front row Mm. and um, they were brilliant and wonderful and I love this song it was our first dance at our wedding too young yeah that munchkin
0: excellent let's give it a listen and for for the benefit of the listeners Roshin is very much interested in the mic aren't you (laughs) (laughs) that's got a, a small flashing light which is probably enough to be entertaining
1: Oh, rainfalls and hard times come they won't leave in the night
0: obviously we've cashed you out into the desert for this, uh, for this yes. list uh, and uh, we're, we're very generous here on Desert Isolation Disc we give you uh, the tiger who came to tea Oh. and the complete Red Dwarf box set to entertain lovely, you. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, Would you like to pick another luxury item? Can it, be,
1: can it be alive? It can't be a baby. No, that's not really a luxury item. Is it me. doesn't
0: feel in the spirit, but it'd be hard to turn her down with her sat right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it feels she impolite. <laughs> <laughs> feels impolite to you, okay, doesn't so it? OK, so is my luxury <laughs> item. So how do you think you'd actually cope in the desert, then?
1: I am a very sociable animal, so I wouldn't cope. It would be a nightmare, um... I'd be, very, I'd be very distressed, I think, of not having anyone to talk to. And I'd probably go quietly mad. So what is your final
0: track? Final You've been track. excellent so far.
1: Thank you. Uh, final track is Outcast, The Way You Move. Because I realised uh, that my playlist was quite sort of um, downbeat. Mm. So I wanted to bring in something that just is awesome. I mean, what a great tune. Um, Outcast, I think they... they, they caused a bit of a sea change when they arrived on the scene whenever it was 10 years ago i don't remember but yeah more um they're just brilliant music makers great producers um and the way you move has got to be one of the most perfect pop songs it was basically going to be something by or something by justin timberlake who i also think has written some incredible dance songs (laughs) over the years and i had to put something slightly more dancey in um so that is this and it's just it's wonderful and again it's something that uh, my husband and I Jason uh, we we party to big time when Mm -hmm. it came out so it's another kind of meaningful one Um, so yeah I love it Fell silent, the girls all paused with glee Turning left, turning right, thought they looking at me But well, I was looking at them, they're there on the dance floor Now they got me in the middle, feeling like a man whore Especially the big girl, gu- big girls need love too, no discrimination, in a squirrel So keep your hands off my cheeks, let me study how you got to be your big freak Skinny slim women got the camel toe within them, you can hump them, lift them, bend them, give them something to remember Hell out timber, when you fall through the top shop Take a deep breath and exhale, ex-male friend boyfriend was boring his head But well, let me listen to the story you tell, and we can make moves like a person in jail i the gonna go, i
0: Was outcast and that's the end of your desert isolation disks i'm sorry to say thank you you've been a fantastic guest and uh, and roisin too <laughs> uh, i'm sure you'll be able to cope with those, with those songs and and uh, glad to have a party at the end thank you for joining me
1: thank you so much for having me alex and i've just realized i should have put a roisin murphy track on the list really because her new album is great it should have won the mercury prize there you go <laughs> i just thought i'd get that in there and
0: you were there weren't you you didn't protest in the i
1: didn't protest no um you kind of just have to like let the mercury Prize be what it is you know Just there's
0: no point getting angry about it
1: there's no point there is no point yeah I mean I was slightly sozzled so I did tweet a few angry tweets and then you know as you do right yeah of course the minute people stop tweeting angry tweets angry sozzled tweets about the Mercury Prize we know it's dead the
0: medium is dead yeah (laughs) that's great Ruth uh, you've been a fantastic guest on Desert Isolation Discs thank you for joining me Uh, any resemblance to any other podcasts alive or dead is purely coincidental and uh, thank you for joining us (laughs)
1: <laughs> on, that, on that note, <laughs> on that note <laughs> goodbye for amazing radio you know when you hear a song and you know it's going to stay with you for the rest of your life we have those moments every single day amazing radio you heard it here first